Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is episode 6 of season 6, my US road trip part 2. In this season, I kick things off with two weeks in New Orleans. There, I head to a couple of competitions and spend some time hanging out with the who's who of Southern Barbecue. From there, it's up to Kansas City for four days of Barbecue Nirvana at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's Annual Conference and Excellence Awards. The final two weeks of the journey see us head into Arkansas for some R&R, including bass fishing, monster trucks, a state cook-off association competition, an AK-47, and a brush with a tornado. And of course, you're coming with me. In this episode, I get to have a good yarn with my old mate, the Barbecue Ninja. You know the guy. Bushy beard, wears a bandana. He has a real thing for flamethrowers. The plan was originally to record this session on site at Hogs for the Cause, but he arrived into New Orleans a little late and I had to leave New Orleans a little early. However, being the kind of guy he is, we found another time to record over the phone and we had a great chat about the incredible ways in which barbecue can be used for philanthropy before getting into the finer details of hunting, cleaning and smoking alligator. Before we get into it, I'd like to let you know about our incredible Smoking Hot Confessions tumbler. If you're looking for a barbecue mug that will keep your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold for literally hours on end, our stainless steel double-walled insulated tumblers are for you. When we were product testing them, it took over 24 hours for the boiled water and the iced water to return to room temperature. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop to check it out. I'd also like to invite you to join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. If you're looking for a barbecue group full of open-minded people who just love to help each other out, the Smoking Hot Confessions community is a great place to continue the conversation. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps me spread that barbecue love. So without further ado, grab yourself a big piece of stuffed gator tail and join me as I rap on the power of Q with the one and only Barbecue Ninja. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfire has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award-winning barbecue competitors who've even traveled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever-growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now famous smoker ovens, they are also producing incredibly efficient gravity-fed cabinet smokers and some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever gonna see. Jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work, ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations in commercial kitchens. Proudly Australian designed, owned and manufactured, you can find out more at jaggedwoodfired.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D. Once again, head to jaggedwoodfired.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D, to learn more. Alrighty, Ninja, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today, and welcome back to The Confessional. Man, it is great to be back. Uh, it was even better to have you at the States uh, a little while ago and, and to, to share uh to share my barbecue family with you and, and to, uh, and to just, you know, do what I do and do what we do and do it together. It was a special time. Yeah, man. I, I had an absolute ball. It was so good to, to meet up with you and the rest of the Ubon's family. It was, um, it, it was a real highlight of the trip for me. It was incredible. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to, to really put into words the, the, the barbecue family that, that I get to, uh, that I'm blessed to, to enjoy. Um, you know, we've been together for you know, going on 30 years. Some of us, you know, I'm the new guy on the team. I've been, been with them for 21 years and, uh, <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it's Chris crazy. You can't put into words the, the, the feeling and the love that we have for each other and how much we enjoy what we do. And, and I mean, you got to see, you know, we had, we had Pat from, from Australia there, you from Australia, we had folks from all over the United States that was there. 
that was and they're all just sharing in the in the love man they're just all sharing in the family part of it with us and and you even notice when uh when it was competition time you know we 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 got down to business we took care of business and uh but 90 percent of the time we were enjoying each other and, and the time together and of course you know raising money for for pediatric brain cancer for the kids that's uh that's something very near and dear to our hearts and and something we uh something we enjoy doing every year and it's one of the first ones that goes on the calendar for us yeah no doubt and and what a hell of a lot of money they raised too i mean that was uh what over two million u.s dollars i think it was it was we've seen that thing grow from its infancy uh we've been a part of it since uh i guess after the second year um and i think that year we were first a part of it it raised you know fifty thousand dollars or something and then you know after this many years two million dollars it just uh and the town and the city of new orleans is really bought into that event and uh there's you know teams from all over the united states that's really made it their number one funder and the number one thing that they really concentrate on raising money for throughout the year and and uh, and it shows in those numbers it really does and and it's impressive yeah yeah absolutely so impressive so impressive so mate tell me what was the last thing that you barbecued the last thing i barbecued was uh, a couple of weeks ago uh i mentioned earlier uh, or uh, if you were recording that but we, uh, we were in new york at uh, brooklyn new york at a place called fig beach and we were uh, doing, it was a fundraiser there again. Um, that's what we do most of. And what I do most of now is events and benefits and fundraisers. But uh, we, the, the, our menued item there was uh, flamethrower chicken wings. And uh, it's a process we go through with cooking chicken. We Not only wings, but uh, leg quarters. Or, and uh, we do these events. We, we dry rub the chicken and then we smoke it for a couple of hours. And uh, 250 degrees, we usually use a, a mild wood, uh, a more of a, an apple or a peach, a fruit wood. And after the, the smoking process, uh, we, we go to the to the charcoal grill, which, you know, we use for all open charcoal. And we, we charcoal grill it, and then I finish it off with the flamethrower. And, uh, and that process right there just it comes it just comes out with an unbelievable piece of chicken, um, and and that has uh, served real well for us. Yeah, I've been I've been meaning to ask you that that flamethrower chicken's kind of become your your signature move. There's photos of it just all over the social. So, um, from from what you're just describing to me there, that's that's more of a functional tool, or or is it more of a showpiece? Oh, it's a very functional tool. Now, I, I mean, of course, I can't I can't uh, can't discount the fact when you 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 know, turn the corner and see, you know, the, this guy with a, a bandana and sunglasses on big beard wielding a flamethrower is not something that's going to get your attention. That's definitely going to get your attention, <laughs> but it, it's very, it, it's very functional. Uh, and what it does is, is when we, with that towards the end of the process, we, we caramelize the, the sugars in the sauce. Once we, we put the chicken in the sauce, um, it caramelizes the sugars on the outside of the chicken skin and, you know, chars it. And it gives it a very, very good and a very distinct flavor. So you got the layers of the, the, the dry rub, the smoke, and then the grill flavor, uh, then the sauce, and, the, and then that caramelizing or, or brulee if you want to be uh, a little more chefy about it. Uh, but that's, that's uh, it's very functional, but also uh, will in the flamethrower gets people in the kitchen. I, I can't. Like you said, discount that either. Yeah, generally speaking, if a if a uh, you know large man with a beard popped up wielding a flamethrower, people would run the other way. But there, the must just be something in your delivery just draws people in. Well, it, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that that um, when we were in New York a couple of years, a few years ago, we were actually start it's something I we start the charcoal grills, the roll over the law with the uh, uh, with the flamethrower. And as I was doing that, the Walker Bay, this was in New York, we were in Madison Square Park, uh, we're on Madison Avenue, and people are walking by and and just the sound of that flamethrower, I could see the people react to it. You know, they were like, Hey, what's going on over there? And then people would just walk up and they would just watch us start 
the charcoal with the flamethrower. So it was, I noticed it was getting their attention right away. And, uh, and so it kind of made me think like, Hey, okay, you know, we're fixing to cook a whole lot of chicken and this thing really gets attention. And when you're doing an event like that, that's what you want to do. You want to get people's attention because you want them to get in your line. You want them to buy your product. You want to have, you know, the, the big sales because that's of course what gets you invited back. And that's what gets you invited to other events is, it's not only uh, the show that you do and you, you put on and you attract people to, but the, the, the sales is what drives it. So you want them standing in your line, and uh, and that's that's one way to do it. Pull the bank throw out. <laughs> and uh, they want to see it. They want to sit there and watch you do it. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's a uh, it's definitely become a uh, uh, an mo of mine. A you know something that that I've definitely become become known for so uh and it's functionable too and it works sounds like winning all around to me mate so tell me about um about this uh <laughs> this this pig beach event is that a charity event is it uh, uh what's it all about it is it is uh last year um a good friend of mine a guy uh, a guy that was a partner there and the chef at pig beach his name was jeff Mitchner, and uh he passed away at age 36 of a brain aneurysm oh, no. and he, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, I, I was just there doing a crawfish bowl at Big Beach and celebrated his 36th birthday with him. And it's one of those, when I was leaving there, you know, gave it, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a big hulking of a guy. He looks, you know, he's, he's built like a, like a, uh, a, a bodybuilder almost. I mean, he's, he's somebody that is a picture of health, but, uh, and I hugged him and, and it was going to see him three weeks later at Memphis in May, you know, I was like, Hey brother, see you in three weeks. And, you know, got a call in the middle of the night, three, three nights later. And, uh, and you know, that he had passed away of a brain aneurysm and, um, you know, just absolutely devastated me. And, and, you know, at that time, um, his, his brother-in-law, uh, Matty Adu, uh, Matt Adu, that that's one of the partners there. Um, we had talked, and after that happened, because he left behind a wife and, and a 16-month-old daughter, mm. and um, you know, at that age, at that age, yeah, you don't have you, you don't have your ducks in a row as far as a lot of life insurance and a lot of assets or stuff like that. So you know, he, he left a lot behind, and and you know, it's one of those things. We we said let's get let's rally the barbecue community and let's throw this big party or fundraiser and see what we can do and it was the first time first annual and and it was teams like uh i may i may miss someone and if i do i apologize but it was you know it was us and it was um uh, 17th street uh memphis barbecue company hometown barbecue uh, big bob gibson barbecue peg leg porker um, um handsome devil barbecue uh so, and that's just some of the guys. I know I may have missed one or two there, and and, and if I did, I apologize. But uh, Kelly Dallas with uh, out of Arkansas was there too, and and it's just it was it was such a feel good thing, and everybody was such a great vibe because everybody was there really pouring their heart into what they were doing, and they knew it was such a good cause and. And, you know, having Jeff's wife there and, and young daughter and, you know, just seeing them, you know, walking around and getting the hugs and getting the love. And, and, you know, we were, we were a part of that. We were making that happen at a silent auction that raised money and, you know, the GoFundMe page and, and it, it was over $50,000 that we raised uh, just that day. And, oh, wow. And, uh, and so, yeah, yeah. And of course they're, they're going to make it an annual thing and we're, we're going to build up the, you know, scholarship fund for the daughter and, and, and the coffers for the wife and, and get that done. But, that, you know, we've even talked about down the road and, and expanding into, uh, you know, other philanthropies to, to have and benefiting, you know, more than just them and, and, uh, and, and benefiting more things. So, uh, but it was, it was a really, really great event. And, uh, and, and those guys, they, they ran a first class, uh, they ran a first class operation. They, they had it done right. Yeah, sounds like a great way to uh, to really celebrate the memory of a good friend. And I that, that's one of the things that I love about barbecue is that barbecue can do 
so much good stuff. If it's on a if it if it's on a very um, specific scale like what you were just talking about, or on a larger scale like Hogs for the Cause, it seems like uh, barbecue has the real power to sort of bring people together for good. Which uh, just I I just really love that about the whole scene. Yeah, it's it's family to us, you know, and the, not only the the family that we have on our team, but the other teams, the people that we've gotten to know over the years. You know, it's, it's a hashtag out there. It's barbecue family hashtag. And, and, and we were one of the first to really to start, you know, hammering that out in our social media because that's what you know, everybody was to us. I mean, it was barbecue family. We were one, one big, big, big happy family. Like you saw, we bring our front porch wherever we go. Everyone's welcome. And and, uh, and it really shows. And it showed up there. It shows up at, at Hogs for the Cause. It really shows up, and when it does, it shows out, and it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, I'm, I'm going to shift gears on you just a little bit. I heard you mention um, Royal Oak Charcoal there before. Uh, I understand that you've now become a uh, brand ambassador. How did that come about? I, yeah, that, that's uh, with Royal Oak Charcoal. Uh, it's, 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 we, we've, we've, over the years, we, we first got to know those guys, and, and that brand and that company and in new york when we were doing the big apple barbecue block party some 10 12 13 years ago and we when we met those guys they were like okay you know y'all should never need for charcoal again if you if you need any call (laughs) us and we'll have it there and uh and, and you know through the years that's it's been like that and we've been very brand loyal through the years to them and here in the last few years, um, Royal Oak was was purchased, and when it was purchased, they, you know, brought in a new marketing team. You got to meet a lot of those guys that are uh, very impressive guys, and and they understand the need of having you know figures in the barbecue world that can take the brand out there, and uh, and I, I was just a natural fit for that, just because I, I mean, I haven't used anything with Royal Oak long, probably in the last. 15 years, you know, and, and Leslie and, and others on our team have used it their whole life. You know, I, I've, I've never wielded a, a blue bag and, and it's always been the, the, the red and the gold. And so um, it, it was just a natural fit and, and I'd already been using the product. I already, you know, had a lot of my social media centered around uh, uh, using it and pictures and hashtags already started using, uh, uh, promoting their product. And so when the new marketing team came on, they took notice and, and you know, they, uh, they approached me about the brand ambassadorship and, and it was uh, it was an honor and, and a privilege to be able to, to do that for such a such a great company. Yeah, and they've got um, such a great uh, product as well. So I'd, I haven't had a chance to actually play with their charcoal until I was over there and uh, I, I picked up a little grill and a, and a bag of Royal Oak charcoal. I was practicing for an SCA comp over there. And mate, that is amazing stuff. Like that charcoal is just so good. It, it is. It's a very, very quality product, and it's it's used. The only wood that they use is woods wood from here in the United States, really in Missouri. And it's a that what we use mostly and mainly is is, is the the lump charcoal, which is the natural burn, and and. For us, doing these events that we do, and and we use so much of it, it's constantly with these charcoal grills. We're adding to it, adding to it, and you know, with the natural lump, you don't have to pre-burn. You don't get the the chemicals of the compressed briquette, and and you don't have all the ash of the compressed briquette. And it's it's it, not to say anything else is wrong, but this particular product is very very wrong for us and it fits our mold and it fits what we do and uh and you can't beat the quality it's it's top notch absolutely yeah yeah so being a band ambassador so being a brand ambassador got that back to front so being a brand ambassador the um the the relationship is a little bit different to being sponsored by them can you tell us or, or give us a bit of an insight into um into that relationship from a brand ambassador perspective like what what do you do for them what do they do for you that sort of thing well, there's some expectations there. You, you kind of have to, uh, uh, if they they want to use you in promotions as far as videos or, you know, uh, Rolo just launched a YouTube channel and wanted to use us as their uh, uh, 
their content uh, as far as you know recipes and 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 how how to use the product, things like that. Uh, yeah, we, we we're of course very accommodating and, and willing to do that. It, and it's represent you represent that brand. Um, you know, when I go to an event, I, I wear Royal Oak, you know, attire, and 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 while I'm at the event, I'm using the product and, and making sure that it gets visible. Uh, but it it's it, it was a natural fit for me. Like I said, it, it, it's it's something I really believe in. Anything that you really believe in and that you use and that you you enjoy and you you learn to your your craft with it to be consistent and it's it's easy to do but um but they for me what they do for me is is they're they're promoting me and they're promoting my brand um kind of as partners with with their social media and and, and with what they do so it's 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 a it's a two-way street you know i'm promoting them with my brand they're promoting me with their brand so they're getting my people. I'm getting their people, and and that's kind of how that works. Um, instead of them just giving me product and say, "Hey, take a picture and and uh, and post it and hashtag it and and that's it," you know, they're also you know on board with what I'm doing and supporting me and promoting me. So that's that's the big thing about what we're doing. It's it's a team. It's not you know here's a bag of charcoal, take some pictures and. That's the last time I hear from like that. I'm in communication with these guys all the time. And, uh, but it's, it's it, right now, it, they've got a new marketing team, like I said. And, and some of these guys are wonderful marketing people. They're wonderful minds when it comes to it, but they haven't been involved with barbecue, um, boots on the ground to events as much. And, and that's, that's kind of where we're helping, you know, that's where our ambassadorship is really helping is, is to show them how that product fits into what we're doing and how we can showcase it, you know, in what we do. And, uh, and that's, that's coming along and that's, that's really starting to blossom doing that. Beautiful. Yeah. That, that's a real nice sort of summary of the difference between sponsorship and brand ambassador. That's uh, that's fascinating stuff. All right, now I'm I'm yeah. noticing um, that more and more well-known barbecue folks, such as yourself, are um, are posting about hunting more and more often in the last sort of six to twelve months. Is there a a convergence of cultures between hunting and barbecue in the U.S. at the moment? Well, it's a it's a natural it, it naturally goes together. A lot of your barbecue people hunt, and a lot of vice versa. A lot of your hunters barbecue. Uh, and you have seasons, and your barbecue usually runs March to, you know, in the summertime when it's good weather to be outside and grilling and cooking. And it usually ends around the end of October. And then that hunting starts in November and goes till you know, the end of February. And so, and my thoughts in the whole thing is, is why stop, you know, barbecuing and, it, when it goes right in together with hunting and, and because what you hunt, you're going to harvest and you're going to cook, <laughs> you know, and that, that's, I mean, that's what I do. I, everything I, I harvest, I, I cook and eat, puts food on my, you know, family's table. Uh, and so that needs to be shown with barbecuing. You need to show how you cook that at the hunting camp. You need to show how you harvest that and you need to, you know, show how, um, your recipes and, and wild game. And, and, uh, and I've done a couple of, of, of classes, um, wild game cooking classes. And, and I love telling the stories of, of, of how I hunted the animal and, and, and how I harvested and, and, and I want to say humanely, but, but it, it's all a very respectful process to where the animals hunted to where it actually, is nourishment for me and my family's body to to uh, to eat. So so yeah, yeah I, I saw that um, a while back, a couple of years ago. And why stop when hunting season? Why stop showing barbecue when we're at the hunting camp cooking on the grill and we're barbecuing? We got the smoker going. We're putting hind quarters on for beer and venison. We we need to show all that. And, uh, and so that's, that, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, uh, a trend that, that's happening. And, and some of these, uh, events that are starting to pop up are starting to be whole animal wild game, you know, showcases. So, 
uh, it's definitely a trend, and, and it's one that I like. I, I love seeing it because it's what I do. <laughs> there again, it's going to be a natural fit for me. I mean, it's, it's what I do. I mean, I barbecue and I hunt, and I fish, you know. So, so yeah, it's good to see. Do you think that we'll ever see like a, a hybrid competition where you you have to you've got forty eight hours to go hunt something and then twenty four hours to cook it like a barbecue competition? You know that would be really cool. That's a pretty wild <laughs> yeah, idea. You may yeah. have some folks with nothing. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you may have some folks with nothing on the grill because I mean, hunting is you're not guaranteed. You know, it is a uh, it's, it's it's you may go out and come back empty handed. But I guess that does test not only your skill of cooking but it does your skill of hunting so you better be good at both or you better not show up to, you know you better not pay your money to be in there because uh you're not gonna have a chance but but yeah that that is a great idea and, and i guess uh um that's one to really really think about maybe put on the table somewhere to, to see if if that could grow legs and, and, and go well, anybody out there, you heard it here first. That's my idea. <laughs> come, come talk to yeah, me first. Yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> right here. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's just put a highlight on this. It's Ben's idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so mate, I've, I've seen you popping up in, uh, in Chicago and New York, and we've, we, we've talked a bit about, um, about some of them. What's your schedule looking like these days, and what's the secret to securing all those guest bookings? Well, the schedule is very busy. Uh, it, it's it's uh, you know I, I cook with with Ubon's Barbecue of Yazoo, uh, and that's that's the team I cook with. And you know I have the Barbecue Ninja brand, so I'm actually doing events with Ubon's, but I'm also doing events, uh, you know, as the Barbecue Ninja brand. So I'm kind of doing both. And uh, uh, and and the way we we've secured some of those is it's, you know we've been at it a long time. I, Told, said that earlier, uh, you know, Poppy started this team gear or 30 years ago, and we've been in the game that long. Uh, we, we did competition barbecue for a long time, but we kind of gravitated or mutated, should I say, to, you know, doing these big events. And, and you know, once we built our name up and our reputation up and, and, uh, and kind of got some notoriety, then these events started approaching us to, you know, be, be a headliner and, and, and to, to, to cook barbecue and, and to represent Mississippi where we go. And, and so it's been really cool. It's been really cool because, you know, the Chicago cook, the Windy City Smokeout, it's a, it's a country music festival with probably 14 to 16 barbecue teams from all over the United States. And, uh, uh, and it's a lot of fun. The New York cooking, it was, uh, uh Danny Meyer had a, uh, vision, some 15 years ago to, to bring barbecue from all over the nation to Madison Square Park to, to expose New Yorkers to, to different cultures of, and different regions of barbecue. And, and that thing absolutely took off and exploded. And that really that, that event was, was what got things turning and really things rolling and a lot of momentum going with, with these events around the nation because the teams that were cooking in the big apple barbecue block party, they were the premier teams in the United States and not, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting anybody because there's so much talent in barbecue all over this nation. I respect everyone, but, but that was the teams that were getting the press. That was the teams that were getting all the New Yorkers out there and getting the, getting noticed. So when these other events started popping up, they, those were the first ones that got the calls and uh and so that's really where things took off for us and and uh, but as far as the, the schedule it's it's going to be really busy i go back to new york this weekend to do a crawfish bowl i'm gonna cook a couple of alligators sunday uh and you know we got memphis in may uh which is the world championship barbecue festival uh third weekend in may and june um go to uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and, and do an outdoor live fire cooking there. And we also go to uh, Denver, Colorado to do Denver Q. And July is the, the uh, Windy City Smokeout. And and uh, August actually is, is pretty open right now. It's not going to stay that way, trust me. <laughs> the, way, uh, the, emails, the way the emails have been coming and the phones have been going, it's not going to stay that way. But you know, I've got, I got sacred times. I got, I got hunting times that are, 
uh, and then alligator hunting starts the end of August and uh, three weeks of September. And, uh, and that's kind of, that's kind of my time. And, you know, I gotta, I gotta get out there and then satisfy that, uh, satisfy that hunting craving. Uh, also in September, we go to Danville, Kentucky and do the Kentucky state barbecue. And we go to St. Louis, Missouri, uh, Q and the Lou, and we do a local in, in October, uh, my local hometown barbecue festival. Uh, we do here called Cleveland Oktoberfest. And, and Leslie and I are going to go to Boston, Massachusetts in October and do a collaboration, uh, with, uh, Andy Husbands, which is a guy that I actually competed against in, uh, Chop Grill Masters, uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, we're going to go to his restaurant and do a co- collaboration in Boston. Oh, wow. And of course, like I said, and, and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. He's, he's wanting to bring in, uh, some pit masters just to, you know, promote and, and, to, to, to cook with him and to hang out really. And that's what I'm looking forward to more than anything. But, um, and then in yeah, November, like I said, that's, that's when hunting season starts and that's when I shut down the cooking as far as events and festivals, but I start the cooking at the camp and, uh, uh and that'll also be something that I, that I put out more and showcase a little bit more, uh, this year. And then, you know, February, you know, what starts in February next <laughs> year. That's Houston Livestock and Rodeo. So, uh, that's when it all gets going and kicked off again. So. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of the, the year right now and and uh but, but it's it's been a good one and and i have a lot of fun doing it and also it's a lot of work as well you know uh, and the, the the people that see just see the pictures they're like oh you're having fun i'm like yeah well you don't know what it took to get to that point <laughs> you don't know what it took to, to after that you know so uh, but it, you know it's a lot of hard work but it's it's a labor of love Absolutely, man. Some people say labor of love. Some people say sick obsession. That's what my wife tells me it is. Uh, <laughs> so you you you, you sound <laughs> really really flat out busy. Um, have you got time to come see us in Australia? Man, I would. I, look, that right there is is something that is high 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 on my goal list, and uh, I'm. Trying to work every avenue I can to get back there. Um, I really want to, you know. I, I just absolutely got bit by the Australian bug um, when I was there in the barbecue culture that y'all have there. Uh, I'm, I'm so jealous right now because Big Mo's over there. He's a great friend of mine, and I, I even sent him a message and said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna ride. Me and you're gonna ride together over there next year." You know, so. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, it, it, I really, really want to be back there. And, um, it, it's just, just something that, uh, that I've done. It's been a highlight of my barbecue career so far coming over there and, and, and hanging out with you guys and, and being able to network with y'all. And, you know, I got, I got a pretty, pretty decent network set, set over there between the Houston Livestock and Rodeo and, and some of, some of you guys that have come over here and, and, uh, and at the Jack Daniels, uh, you know, got to got to hang out with the smoking joints guys, which I think they're coming back from Memphis in May to hang out with us, and and uh, and, that, and that's just so cool. I, I mean, you just don't know how cool it is to to be able to me and you when we were in New Orleans to sit and chill and then just sit there and kind of shake your head like, you know, you came from Australia, <laughs> you know, to hang out here with us. And this is really really cool, and it, it it's cool to see the barbecue all over the world how it's uh, really taken off and, and how it's going. So, uh, but yeah, coming back there is, is definitely top of the goal list. Hi, this is Brett from Lane's Barbecue Australia and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. If you want good barbecue, you need good charcoal. And when it comes to charcoal, the denser the wood, the better the charcoal. This is where Dragon's Breath Charcoal comes in. It's made from Australian native Gigi, famous for being the third most dense wood in the world, which means you're going to get 100% quality 100% of the time. The manufacturer of Dragon's Breath Charcoal was founded in 2005 and is the largest charcoal manufacturer in Queensland. A company founded in firm principles and values, the manufacturers of Dragon's Breath seek out opportunities to serve the community, starting with their work in the environmental restoration of Southwest Queensland sheep and cattle stations. 
Over the years, they've developed dietary charcoal products for livestock and horses and pets. And now there's garden and agricultural soil products that help keep moisture in the soil while it takes CO2 out of the atmosphere. Dragon's Breath Charcoal will be launching on Amazon in October, so stay tuned for more info soon. So it's time to get into our deep dive now and in this episode we're going to talk about smoking alligator, something that you seem to be right into right now. So I'll, I'll get you to take me through the whole process. How do you go about getting your alligator? Do you hunt them yourself or are there supplies you can purchase from? How do you source the alligator? There, there's actually a couple of companies or maybe it's probably more than just a couple that are in Louisiana and Texas that that actually have alligator farms and they harvest these alligators at a certain size. They're usually anywhere between uh, probably 35 and 45 pounds, which is usually, you know, four to five foot alligator. And those are, those are the ones that are, that are really good for, for whole alligator cooking. The main reason is because is they fit on a smoker. And uh, the, the, the alligators that I hunt, <laughs> that the smallest alligator that I've harvested has been like six foot ten inches, and uh, we could probably roll the tail around and, and get it on there. But uh, you know, the, the 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 largest one we I've harvested is like eleven feet, and you know that's not going to fit on a smoker. But uh, but yeah, you, they they have these alligator farms, and they actually uh, harvest these things, these alligators at a certain size, and. And uh, there, there's a couple of companies that'll ship them. And, uh, and like this weekend, I'm going up to New York and uh, we're having them ship not only the crawfish up there to, to boil, but we're having them to ship two alligators up there. And, and, and when they get there, they'll, they'll, they're ready to go. I mean, they, they're skinned, uh, they're, they'll be frozen. So, uh, you know, all I'll need to do is, is go through that process of, of uh, I, I like to, I like to stuff the tails with boudin and, and put a rub on the outside and, and put a smoke on them. And then at the end, I like to glaze, glaze them with a, with a sweet glaze or spicy glaze, depending on which route I take with them. And I'm probably going to do two. I'll probably do one sweet, one spicy. And, uh, and of course I like to finish them with a the flamethrower, uh, just, to, just to get that caramelization on the outside, uh, and get that, get that good, good flavor on the outside so uh but but that's 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 what we do that's what we do we, we source them from from those companies and they they bring them right to you yeah that's uh that's a great source and it's um it's great that you're getting them at the size that you need too because you you need that sort of that consistency when you're doing things as often as you are so when you do go hunting for alligator how do you hunt them? Like, are you a bow hunter or a rifle hunter? Is it is it like the scene in Jaws where the sheriff goes out in the boat and chums the water to bring them to the surface? How do you uh, how do you go about it? Yeah, you know, you know that, that that's a great question because here in the in in the U.S. The, there's a very popular TV show. Uh, it's called Swamp People, and it's it, it depicts the, the the people down in Louisiana that that are uh, that are alligator hunting, but they're alligator hunting. Uh, commercially so the way they do it is is they hang they hang either rotten chicken or they'll hang a, a liver or something that that's rancid that has a terrible smell uh, alligators have a wonderful uh, sense of smell so uh and once they smell food they can't resist it so that that's how they 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 do it and, and alligators bite the line they swallow the hook and and so when they they come back they're they're on the line and they basically take them up out of the water and you know shoot them in fact and then harvest them. and but the way i do it is it's much different in mississippi where i live the way we have to hunt alligators is at night and we take out a, a Q-beam or a, a floodlight and go across the water. And, and the alligator's eyes reflect um, when you when you hit, hit them with the light on in the eyes. So when you see them, you, you take, you're out in a boat on the water, by the way. And so you, you try to get as close as you can to the alligator. And I get on the front with a, with a, uh, a fishing pole. It's, it's pretty pretty heavy duty fishing pole and uh and, and you got to throw it's a braided line with a treble hook on the end so you you want to throw the, the treble hook over the back of the alligator and reel it in and when you feel it bump the alligator you you, you really you know set the hook and you want to you know get the get the break get the uh, barb of the treble hook into the alligator 
So you have to set it really hard and, and do that. You know, it's, you're pretty much it's on then. I mean, you're you're going to be biting this alligator because he's going to take off, and and you gotta you gotta have a fine line of of, of how much drag and let out of the line. So he's going to take it. You're not going to stop him from doing that. And, uh, and then you're going to reel in and situate the boat as close as you can and follow him if he's running. And, uh, and then once you get over the top of him, cause they'll get tired after a while and they'll go to the bottom, sit on the bottom. And when that happens, we've got a, uh, throw rope, just a thicker, thicker rope with a bigger, treble hook on the end and you throw it out and you drag it across the bottom until you feel it bump the alligator and when you feel it bump the alligator then you jerk it and set that hook in it and that gives you a lot more leverage because the first pole is just to basically to to get the hook in it and to to it's not going to pull it to the top it doesn't it's not as heavy duty enough and, and once you get the rope in it though you can pull it to the top and once it gets to the top you know it's going to do the death roll and just roll 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 and, and it'll roll until it's it's worn out and once the alligator's worn out it's done i mean it's it's over he's he's spent and uh and once he's spent then we you know put a noose over the the nose and then uh we put electrical tape over the nose and and, uh, and then we harvest it from there. You know, we, we have a shotgun that we take care of it with and, and then, you know, take it to the bank. And luckily where I, where I hunt is a lake. It's a small lake. So I don't, we don't ever have to put the alligator in the boat. Um, and you probably sit, well, you, you probably hadn't, but in swamp people, there's times that these alligators are in the boat and they weren't shot in the right spot and they're not dead. So surprise. <laughs> Yeah, surprise. Okay, we have a live alligator in the boat, and uh, and then yeah, it's a little bit of uh, a little bit of pandemonium. But we don't ever have to put them in the boat just because we're in a smaller lake. We can we can uh, we can get to the bank pretty quick and pretty easy, and uh, and then we you know we've got side by sides and rangers that that have uh, uh, we can pull them out with and and do that. So and then you know after that I don't know, I'll clean them and. Uh, and uh, the, the cleaning process is a pretty, pretty tedious process. I mean, the, 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 the skin on the outside, I say skin, it's, it's like leather. It's actually tougher than leather. leather. Uh, the, the first time I was cleaning one, um, I think about every, gosh, it seemed like every 12 inches I was having to resharpen a knife but just because it was, it would just dull it so fast. Wow. It, it was such a tough, tough hide on it. And, uh, but, but yeah, I did find a knife that I could use. It's called Outdoor Edge, and it's uh, uh, it's one of these the, the replaceable razor blade knives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once once you go down, and, of course, it cuts so much better because it's a razor blade. And uh, and once you get it dull, though, you just pop the blade off and pop a new one on there and just keep on going. And uh, so, yeah, I did find out, you know, after a couple of, uh, of cleanings that uh, I had to take a different route with, with what I used to do it. And, uh, but, but th- those work great. And that's, that's, uh, we, you know, it's, it, I clean the small ones, the ones that are under seven feet, uh, I do myself, but the ones, the one, ones that are 11 feet, you know, I'm just not really set up <laughs> to, to clean those. So we, we take them to a processor and, and they, they take the, the hide off and we keep the hide and, and, uh, we, we've got a few of those in the freezer. We were planning on, you know, making some boots or some wallets or belts or, you know, it'd be pretty cool to walk around have some boots on of a alligator that I've harvested. And, um, but the, the smaller ones I do myself and, and get the tail meat and the tenderloins out and the leg meat and the, the jowl meat and, and all that off of it. And, uh, because that's, that's really the edible part of the alligator, the ribs, uh, you, you know, there's not, not much there. Uh, it's not much to, 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 even full with cutting that ribs out and you got to be real careful though. If you, if you happen to cut the stomach of the alligator, it's, it's acid, you know, it, it will run, it'll run the meat. It'll run, it'll run anything that it touches. It'll, you know, so you, you want to be real careful. And that's, that's why the bigger ones we take and, and have those processed and, and do those, but the smaller ones I do myself. Yeah. I, I remember that rule about the stomach from when I was growing up on the farm and we used to, uh, we used to uh, kill and dress our own pigs and lambs and goats and things. I I do yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah, that was always the golden rule. Right, year. right. You could just you, 
you could just imagine the the acidity of an alligator stomach. You know, these, these things can eat anything and and break it down in its stomach. So, yeah, it's 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 very bad. It's terrible. Yeah. You don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you you started to mention some of the cuts that you get off the alligators there before. Do they do you break them down sort of similar to you would say a pig? It, it, an alligator, it, the, the the main part and the main meat of the alligator is the tail. Uh, the tail actually has four muscles, two on top. It has a bone that runs long ways that separates those. And then there's two muscles on the bottom. And, uh, and there again, it's got a bone that runs that separates those. And those are, those are uh, the, the, the big, big meat, big part of the alligator and the, the best eating part of the alligator. And it has, does have two tenderloins in between those meat, those meats on the tail. And uh, the, on the bigger alligators, the, the, the legs, the front legs and back legs are very good eating, very edible. Uh, and also the, the jowl meat, it has a, you know, a jowl in there. It's, I say a jowl like a pig. It's totally different from a pig because a pig jowl has so much fat content around it and in it, you know, it, you you've eaten it you know it's just it melts in your mouth it's like butter because of the fat content a jow meat of an alligator is very very lean it's, it's nothing but a absolute just a ball of muscle and it has no fat on it whatsoever so uh it, it's different in that respect but it is a you know the jow meat of it right so if it's if it's so lean what's the best way to go about cooking it because it'd be totally different to uh to what regular low and slow barbecuers would be used to it, it is, and the way I like to cook it is I like to cut it in little bite-sized pieces, and I like to put fish breading on it, and I like to fry it and have alligator bites. Uh, to be able to cook that that, that ball of muscle and, and to get it anywhere where it's tender, it, it's going to be a, a tough, tough thing to try to do i mean you just got no fat content and it's nothing but muscle so that's i like to break it down where you don't have to chew on it a whole lot you eat those bites a couple of chews it's gone and and it's very very tasty alligator meat's a very neutral uh neutral meat it's a white meat and um it's going to take on whatever flavors you introduce to it be it the rub or be it the wood or be it the the, the sauce or the glaze. Uh, you know, I like to stuff the tails. I like to go down the top two muscles of the tails and separate them away from the bone and then go down those tails and either put, you know, breakfast sausage or, or uh, uh, boudin or something like that down the tail. And then that way, when the alligator's cooked, I can kind of incorporate that tail meat in with, you know, the boudin or the sausage and kind of eat it together uh, to, it just goes together and it's because alligator is such a neutral meat it's gonna like i said it's gonna take on whatever you introduce to it oh that sounds so good sounds so delicious Mm -hmm. so when you're when you're at these events and you're putting on the the whole alligator uh cooking show what's the best way to to cook them whole do you prefer to build like a little brick pit on site or do you um put them in an offset or a vertical uh, trailer smoker, like I saw you using with the whole hog at um, at Hogs for the Cause. What's your what's your go to? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's the one that you saw at Hogs for the Cause. Uh, we yeah, I use the old hickory pit C, uh, CTODW. Uh, that it's it's got what the, it's actually got what they call a lazy suey on it, which is a a rack that rotates around 360 degrees. So if you got two on there, you got a you got a alligator in the back and one in the front you can if you want to glaze or you want to do something to the alligator in the back you just rotate the rack around instead of having to reach over one you know and, and get to the and, and it's also great for whole hogs because you can rotate it around and work both sides of the hog and not have to reach into the pit but but that's that's the one i mainly use uh it's the one that we have on our cooking rig and and it does a wonderful job on them uh and, and a matter of fact i just was going to say that uh, those that are listening i on my uh, Facebook business page, uh, the BBQ Ninja, um, we actually have the we actually uh, had Rollo come and film the preparation of, of two of the uh, alligators that we did and cooked there. And anybody wants to go on there, Leslie and I uh, prep those two, and, and it's posted on there. 
and they can see, and I go through the, the, the muscles and, and all that and how I split the tails and how I stuffed them. Pretty much the whole process uh, is shown on there on my, my Facebook business page. So you can go visit that, check it out. Yeah, that's a great resource. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I was going to say after this weekend, when I prep two of them Sunday, that we'll have some more posted uh, about that preparation and how we did that also. So there'll be, there'll be more coming on the way on that on that business page to go check it out. Ooh, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's going to be fantastic. So if it's yeah. if the meat is similar to chicken then, am I right in assuming that you don't want an overly powerful wood? Like you want to sort of avoid your mesquite and your hickory? I, I mainly use on alligator. I mainly use uh, the uh, uh, either cherry or, or apple or peach, uh, a fruit wood. And then something you'll notice through all of all of me talking about cooking and whether whether it's a rib or whether it's an alligator or whether it's a whole hog, I, 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 I my philosophy, which is Poppy's philosophy that taught me everything that I know, is you, you want wood to be a flavor. You don't want wood to be the flavor. Um, you want it to be there, but you want it to be in the background. So I'm always, always very, very uh, uh, cautious or, or very mindful of the amount of wood I use, the, 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 the type of wood I use. I love to use pecan on or, or hickory on bigger cuts of meat, you know, like your, your shoulders and, and, and your uh, brisket, things like that. But your smaller cuts, you know, or uh, a mild like meat, like an alligator, you know, I want a fruit wood. I want a mild wood just because I want it to be there. I don't want you to eat that piece of meat and you're going to, taste smoke the rest of the day you know i, I want it to, to be a compliment to, to what you're eating not the flavor you're going to taste yeah absolutely yeah wise words there mate so what would be your top three pieces of advice for people looking to smoke up an alligator the top three pieces of advice um, would be uh number one don't be intimidated by it uh cooking as a whole is time and temperature. I try to break it down whenever I'm doing a class or whether I'm teaching, what I'm teaching is, is cooking is that simple. It's time and temperature. Um, it's, it's what temperature you're going to cook it and how long it's going to take to get it done. And whether it's an alligator, whether it's a whole hog, whether it's a rack of ribs, um, a, a lamb shoulder, it's time and temperature. So don't be intimidated by it. Um, give it a shot definitely give it a shot but but you know make sure that that what you introduce to it is what you want to taste i mean because that's that's what you're going to get from the alligator is is what you introduce to it is the flavor you're going to get from it and uh and just go do it go do it have fun with it uh it's something that uh it's something that, that very few people are doing but uh but just go go get one and, and have fun with it. That's, that's my biggest advice with it. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Are you looking for a barbecue store experience that leaves you not just happy with your purchase but genuinely excited about it? Barbecues and more, the Weber specialist on Weber Drive is the place for you. Family owned and operated since 2001, the husband and wife team of Jenny and Gary have been combining their love of smoking and barbecue with their genuine product knowledge to help their customers give a truly great barbecue experience to their family and friends. The product range is vast with all the smokers and barbecues from Weber, as well as GMG, Hark, Masterbuilt and Pit Brothers. Then there's their famous The Art of Smoking classes that are regular sellout successes. Combined with a huge range of smoking accessories, rubs and sources, they have all the right products to satisfy your needs. And your wants. Find out more at barbecuesandmore.com.au That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E-S and more.com.au Alrighty, Craig, we're going to uh, close out this interview now with our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you 10 quick questions and you can just fire off one word or one sentence answers. How does that sound? 
all right, now, you know, I'm a Southern guy, so don't be too quick. I talk slow and I think slow, so give me too fast. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> all right. So, charcoal, lump or briquette? Lump. Chicken, breast wings or thighs? I love a chicken. Uh, we'll go with wing. Well, yeah, because you got to use that uh, flamethrower. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I actually use flamethrower on all of it. But, you know, it's uh, I love a wing. I love a chicken wing because I can eat a lot of them. <laughs> all righty. Whole hog, up, down, or running? Yes. <laughs> all three. All three. Love it. Love it. Uh, I, like to, I, I like to cook a whole hog all three ways. Um, I, I really do. Uh I guess if, if I just had to really pick one out, I would have to say uh, running. Yeah, running. Cool. Sauce on the meat or on the side? If you got a good sauce, put it on the meat. Money muscle, fantastic or overrated? I overrated. Ooh, really? Interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I, you know, I got to. I was fortunate enough to be able to judge the Jack Daniels this year, and uh, I judged a couple of boxes. And, there were pork boxes and all they had in them was money muscle. Um, I know you have to do subjective judging and judge just what's in the box, but you know, it's, it's, it's pork. I mean, you're supposed to have more than I, I say you're supposed to have, you can have what you want in the box, but I like to see more. I don't want that to be the only thing that I get to eat off of a whole hog or off of a pork, pork butt or off of a shoulder is money muscle. I just, I just think it's overrated. I mean, I want to see your talent in cooking that whole shoulder from the front of it to the back of it. I want to see how you can get, how you can get it done. Not just that money muscle. You can pull that money muscle off and cook it by itself. I want to know how you do the whole, you give me a 15, 16 pound shoulder. I want to see how you can get that whole thing done. And in that box, and perfect. Love it, love it. Offset smokers, standard or reverse flow? Standard. One tip or trick you wish you'd known sooner? Uh, <laughs> be be patient. Be more patient. <laughs> if you keep <laughs> opening up the smoker, you you keep losing heat. Got to know that early. All right. Question eight, the future. What do you think is going to be the next trend in barbecue? I think the next trend is what we touched on earlier. And uh, we were talking about wild game. And and uh, um, I, I think in introducing more categories to uh, traditional uh, competition barbecue um, and, and introducing, you know, wild game. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Pellet grills in competitions, yay or nay? Oh, that's so tough. Um, you, you know, it, it's it's getting the end result, and it's how to get there. Uh, which I, can can I say? Yay, nay? <laughs> <laughs> Undecided, uh, split decision. But but, but, but also the, the importance of managing a fire and keeping constant heat, and uh, it is important. So um, I can see both sides of that. Uh, I say yay. I say yay. Excellent. And last one, if there were a fantasy barbecue league, who would you choose for your team? You got to see my team. You got to experience my team. You know that there's no other team for me. Uh, it, it's Ubon's Barbecue of Yazoo. Uh, I would go to I'd go to a fight. I'd go to a war. I'd go to a uh, uh, any, any competition, any event, and uh, – Cubans Barbecue, I know, is got my back through thick and thin, so that's my team. Beautiful, mate. Well said, well said. All righty, Ninja, that's a wrap for this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. I'm going to turn the studio over to you now, so give some shout-outs to whomever you'd like and tell the listeners where they can track you down on the internet. Yeah, um, you, you can find me on Instagram at the BBQ Ninja, and you can find me on Twitter at the underscore BBQ underscore Ninja. And also uh, my Facebook business page, which is the BBQ Ninja. You can find me on there and, and please get on there and give me a follow, give me a like, and I promise you, 
you will not be disappointed in the content that I will produce and, and give to you. Uh, as far as shout outs, man, I tell you, I'd like to give you one um, for sure, uh, just because of, of the, the, the effort that you're putting into to the content that you're producing and the quality that you're putting out there, Ben, is, is, is really impressive. And, uh, and the effort that you're going through to give the people uh, uh, that are following your page and, and that are following you is uh, is very impressive. And, and I know people are taking note. I know people over here are taking note. Uh, and and so would like to give you a shout out. And also like to give a shout out to the uh, Australian barbecue community. I miss you guys. <laughs> I really do. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I've got to get back there and, and I will get back there. You will see me again. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, uh, but, but, uh, but until then I'm going to, uh, just be dreaming about my time there and, and, uh, but I'll be back. Well, mate, thank you very much. Uh, once again, I want to say thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be part of the show and, uh, best of luck with all your, uh, flame throwing alligator smoking plans for the rest of the year. <laughs> thank you. Thank you much. And there you have it, family. Smoked gators with the one and only Barbecue Ninja. The outdoor and hunting lifestyle is huge in the United States and it's very interesting to see the barbecue scene merging with the hunting scene. I wonder how long it'll be until we see kangaroo or crocodile categories at competitions here in Australia. Huge respect goes out to Ninja for once again coming on board the show. Before I let you go, I want to remind you about our killer merch lineup, the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook, and if you have a minute, it'd really help me out if you could subscribe, rate, and review the show. The ratings and reviews trigger the algorithms and make Apple distribute the podcast further and wider, so they are really important and very much appreciated. And that's the end of the show. Till next time, take care of each other and keep on curing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.